those accolades are wonderful. I just, uh, um, I, years ago, I wrote Brother Becton and thanked him for uh, some of the attributes that I had perceived in his life. And he wrote me back and he said, I'm not sure all of that is true, but if that's what you got, I'm happy. And it is a joy and an honor to be here with you today. It is a privilege, and I am thankful to see cousins, and likewise, Jen and John, and uh, longtime friends. And uh, good to see all of you. God bless you today. I, I remember when I was coming up in the church in Bay City, uh, an elderly gentleman moved back to town who had lived his life in the state of New York, New York City. And he came back to start a, an apostolic church in part of our town. And I was delighted to meet him, and I loved to spend time with him. And so I would go down to his little mission church. It's called Evening Light Pentecostal Church. And he shared with me the stories of how in New York City, how he uh, chauffeured and spent time with Bishop G.T. Haywood. And so I was very interested in that aspect of history. And so they had a little rundown building and a rundown upright piano, and I would uh, help him with the music there. <clears throat> a few of the keys were stuck, and the ivory was gone. And there was a lady who would come to church, and she was a, kind of the, the area songbird. <clears throat> and her name was Alice Holmes Hendricks. And she produced a little 45 one time, and uh, one one side of the the album was don't let that TV in your home take God's place. And she made hats, and they all looked like Dr. Seuss hats. Uh, you know, they were tall and lean to the side. But we were singing about the blood today, and she would get up and she'd ask me for a key and ask me if I could play her rhythm, and she'd begin to sing, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood, I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. And there were about 25 verses, one of which went, they whooped him up the hill. They whooped him up the hill. They whooped him up the hill for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. They whooped him up the hill for me. And they nailed him to a tree. I feel tentativeness from you. They whipped him up. They nailed him to the tree. They nailed him to the tree for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon a cross. They nailed him to the tree for me. They took him off the cross. They took him off the cross. You can join in. They took him off the cross for me. 
One day when I was lost, he died upon a cross. They took him for the tree for me. Then they laid him in a tomb. They laid him in a tomb. They laid him in a tomb. They laid him in a tomb for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon that cross. They laid him in the tomb for me. Why don't we raise it a key or so? They put him in the tomb. They put him in that tomb. They put him in the tomb for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon that cross. They put him in the tomb for you. Guess what's coming next? Ah, he got up from the grave. He got up from that grave. He got up from that grave for me, oh Lord, for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon the cross. He got up from that grave for me. One more. And he's alive forevermore. He's alive forevermore. He's alive forevermore for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon that cross. He lives evermore for me. Amen. Let's give him praise just for a moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 If you would join me in a Bible reading from the book of Ephesians, Beginning with the first chapter, the third verse, we'll read a few verses here down through verse 7. And it writes and reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now, I gave pastor a title for what I would like to attempt to say to you, but I, I'm not sure I should publish that title, but I will endeavor to share with you some things that I think are very important for you, every believer that is here today. It has to do with the, the bonds, the unrealistic expectations that most of us, if not all of us, have faced in our endeavor to walk with the Lord. And um, many, if not most of us, that were reared around the church most of our lives, we have faced these, we have 
tried to deal with them and in most cases have been unsuccessful and have been miserable. I am sent to you today, I say that with boldness, to speak to you about these things. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to give you two things for your consideration. Perhaps they will be separate and perhaps they will come out together. The first bond that we have begun to live with is, is the bondage, the bond, the chain of comparison. I visited recently a widely visited church conference and I felt once again the pressure, whether explicitly said or inferred, we're all supposed to be on a certain level, and we're all supposed to respond in a certain way. And um, one service was enough for me, and I went on my way with rejoicing. Because through trial and error, painful experiences, efforts, at following comparative things. I remember when I was uh, very young there in Bay City, and my cousin James and Betty here will remember, 1958 was the great revival where Verbal Bean came. And, oh my goodness, it was said to be one of his greatest revivals. Over 100 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm happy that we have exceeded those numbers in these days. But uh, my memories were to run to him immediately after every service for a hug. I loved something about him. I just, he emoted something that I love very much. And uh, there was an unspoken, inferred pressure that if you're going to be anything, you got to be verbal being. So as I began at 14 to feel the call of God on my life, of course, who else could I be like but Verbal Bean? So Brother Bean was uh, a good melancholy sort. And uh, not much joking occasionally. So I pursued melancholia. Lots of fasting, Attempts at greater prayer, and all I got was misery. And the underlying thing that I was seeking was acceptance, uh, acclaim, if you will, to be appreciated, because after all, Brother Bean was greatly appreciated and admired in many areas. And I wrestle with that. And then, of course, uh, our my childhood pastor, Marvin Cole, very expressive in the spirit, very jubilant, very emotional, cry at the drop of a hat, shout, dance, speak in tongues, prophesy, fall down. And uh, you guessed it. <clears throat> uh, we all needed to be Marvin L. Cole. 
And so we would try to fall down and we would try to pray loudly, emotionally, joyfully, prophesy if we could, whatever. And uh, just generally made ourselves miserable. And if you could not come up to that level, then you felt as if you were a second-class believer. Never said that, of course, but that was uh, hugely inferred. And then through the years, there was, uh, there was Nona Freeman. God rest her soul in her memory. And then there is still at, what, 97, Vestalane Mangan. And uh, these are icons of the faith that were before us. And they came and they spoke for our churches. And they, uh, oh my Lord, they impacted us greatly. They impressed us really strongly. Uh, Sister Freeman with the levitations literally floating up off of the ground. And, and she never used notes to preach or to speak and just the flow of the Spirit. And, uh, uh, of course, when Brother Freeman was announced he was going to speak, uh, it was like, well, come on, let's get to Sister Freeman. Uh, none of us wanted to be like Brother Freeman. He was pretty dry. But he had this power to drive into a nation and get out of the car and say, Revival is coming here. Get in his car and drive on. In a few months, revival broke out. Uh, there's something about that that I think ought to be appreciated, don't you think? And so the, the contortions and the agonies of growing up in Pentecost and, and these uh, inferences and these uh, unspoken pref, uh, pressures that we should perform and that we should uh, be a certain way were on us. And uh, I don't know, uh, Brother Kilgore, we all wanted to move slowly through the crowd with a dark suit. Shake hands at the end of every row. Point out the birthdays and the anniversaries that Sister Kilgore had told him about. <laughs> and then preach with a burden and a sound. And uh, I guess a few of us tried that. And then there were the sainted people in the church, wherever you grew up, that all you admired their ability to pray. Brother James' mother had a blanket in the prayer room and, and could sit there with her white head shaking and praying. And we would admire that and we would try to emulate that. Never, no one ever told us that we as an individual were loved, 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 deeply loved appreciatively loved by heaven and he had not called us to be any body or anything but what he wants us to do there are nine unique differences in our bodies all of us our tongue has a print our ears have a print, our voice has a print, 
Our toes have a print. Our teeth, our retina, our gait, our lip, and our iris all have a distinctive print that no one else, even a twin, has. That sounds significant to me. And I'm glad that I discovered that, that Jesus loves me. He wants me to do what he called me to do and not what anybody else does. I have a ministry. I have a voice. I have a song that no one else can sing. I have a testimony that no one else can bring. I have a deliverance message that no one else can bring like I can bring it. This is tremendously liberating when I discover that and when I am able to embrace that, when I am able to feel that in the cells of my body and I am no longer worried about trying to be someone else or something else because Jesus called me. Jesus created me. Jesus has filled me with His Spirit to do what nobody else can do. A lot of us, when we see outward demonstration, that, of course, in Pentecost, that is of paramount importance, outward demonstration. We don't think that anybody that's quiet or still has anything to offer. In fact, they may be backslidden for all we know. So if you're not jumping, making noise... At this conference, I sat by a clone of another minister that I know of, and I couldn't hear anything that was said because he was up and down and up and down and up and down. I came there to listen. He came there to get up and down. And for a few moments, I felt Pentecostal guilt that I was not getting up and down. But I really thought that the point of the service was to hear. But that wasn't the point. And so you and I have to be willing to allow our brother, our sister, our wife, our companion to be who God called them to be. To pray as the Holy Spirit gives them the ability to pray. To pray and worship in the fashion that they feel to pray and to fashion themselves after. I agree that we all are at times to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We all are to do that at, at times. Some do it more than others. But your fervency may not be my fervency. And I hate to say to you that there are times when you say you are fervent because of your motion. I am fervent because of my stillness. There is a fire that is burning, that is churning on the inside of me when I am standing still, when I am meditating on what heaven is saying, when I am filled with what Jesus has said about me. I... Again, James, forgive me, but 
In my teen years, we had early morning men's prayer at the church. Dad would get me up. We'd go together. and um, I heard James praying. And it was, uh, James is not demonstrative. Um, but I have heard his opening statement in prayer. And it's the profound word. And it's one word. It's majestic. It is reverent. And he'd say, Master. I've heard you use that a lot of times, James, when you would pray. That is announcing a reverence. That is announcing a fervent feeling for the God that he serves. And I would never judge James because I have never seen him run the aisles. But I know he loves his God. And his God loves him. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a spiritual setting and I just basically felt like a retard. I'm not feeling what they feel. I'm not jumping like they're jumping. I... As we go along in this, and, and it would be good to read in depth the first chapter, especially of the book of Ephesians. Maybe we could move away from always celebrating where we came from and begin to celebrate where we are going and who we are now. I am now a child of the king. And it doth not yet appear what I shall be. But I know I shall be like him when he appears. I am seated now in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and the things of this world. I am now. That is a fact about me. It is not a suggestion. It is not a hope. It does not change from day to day. That is who I am since I was born again. I preached a number of times at a church and every time... <laughs> For years, decades, the pastor would say, I wonder how many here tonight can remember the day you received the Holy Ghost. That was service after service. And I wanted to say, I remember. I want you to know how many of you know what happened to you when you received the Holy Ghost. If you ever see that, say, where can I find it? Ephesians, the first chapter is a good place to start. I'm translated, literally, spiritually translated. So, well, you don't look so today, but in spirit, I am translated. In spirit, I am lifted. In spirit, I am seated above. I have dominion over the things, the beggarly elements of this world. That's who I am now. It gives us in a very healthy way the ability to live here until we leave here. So I don't always have to remember being saved and then look forward to heaven. I have something to accomplish, something to live in now. 
So I know the I know the question is well how how can I be appreciated how how can I how can I live this way I I don't feel spiritual I I didn't when I was baptized I didn't explode out of the water and announce a different feeling But this little book right here told me what had happened It told me that my sins were gone. It told me that I was being accepted in the beloved. And I took that as a legal document. I don't shiver when I go in my house, shake and buck. I have a deed that tells me this house is yours. And anybody that would try to take over my house, I can meet them at the door with something in my hand. And say, it would behoove you to go where you came from or lay down on the sidewalk. Come on. Yes, indeed. The angels and Smith and Wesson I know it's mine. I have the documentation. Folks, you don't have to wait on a feeling. Whether you get out of bed in the morning, just read the B-I-B-L-E and find out the facts about you. I can't tell you the misery of many years of my life of Waiting on a feeling. I feel the Holy Ghost. Well, how could you not? He's everywhere. I knew that before you said that. And he's here to do something. Well, great. Let's get on with it. Do I have to feel something to do something? No. I have the dominion. I have the authority. I am redeemed. Now, I will, I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt that there are some that have been through the Pentecostal circles that the feelings of reverence and special effects of the Spirit were part of what the Lord had called them to do. I'm thinking of one preacher that I've studied after that uh, would not minister to pray for the sick until he could see the angel of the Lord that would come and stand by him on his right side. And then he would have the people pass by the angel first, and then he would minister to them. And you could see and sense when he shifted from uh, speaking just with normal tones into uh, the gift of the word of knowledge. And he would tell them the secrets of their life. Well, 
if you're not called to that sign and wonder, don't worry about it. Because there was another one that I knew that he said, I read in my Bible that I have authority over devils. I know that devils cause sickness. I know I can cast the devil out. I don't need a feeling to cast the devil out. I just take charge. When I get there, he said, I don't give the devil a chance to talk. And he saw more miracles than anybody up to that time had ever seen in the world. All over the world he went. And he said, I hear, he said, I was raised Pentecostal. I spoke with tongues. And he said, I heard Pentecostals and Charismatics talk about getting these feelings. And he said, I never got a feeling. feel as if I'm on thin ice. We always back up from something that might be a little bit new. Because Jesus has, how many of you believe the Holy Ghost is the anointing of God? Well, after what I've said, you're not so sure. And so, The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that comes upon us, that comes within us. And He's there for a purpose. He is not there to give us this every six months. Woo! Make our hand tremble, our head jerk. He is there to do something through us. This minister went, uh, he was appointed for five years to go into India. And the Indian people asked him, what is that book? And he said, oh, this is the Bible, the Word of God. And they said, oh, no, we have a black book too, and this is the Word of God. And none of his arguments won them over. So he came home after five months in defeat. And uh, he began to seek the Lord. Lord, what do we need? And finally, he had a special interaction with Jesus And he said, ah, there it is. And he told his wife, let's go do this. And he called, passed out pamphlets and flyers. It's going to be a healing service. And he cast the devil's sickness out where it was needed and called for the healing power that's in the name of Jesus Some of you say, how can you be so strong about believing God for divine health when you just lost your wife? Good question. I will say this and no more. Every one of us, would you happen to need a Kleenex? I want you to need a Kleenex, okay? Do you see the Kleenex here? You need a Kleenex, so what are you going to do? Well, demonstrate. Thank you. That was provided by the church. Okay? You now have what you came and got. Divine healing 
Jesus is not healing anybody else. Jesus has paid for our healing. It is poured out like the Holy Ghost. And it is up to us. You need another Kleenex, please. Thank you. To take our healing. Hallelujah. I can't tell you how many times that sickness would come on me instantly, quickly. And, uh, you know, I don't mind laying down. Anybody here mind laying down? I, it's a good opportunity. And get the apostolic drink of choice, NyQuil. And deaden the room. And forget about everything. But I would look around and say, you know what? Jesus is my healer. And so I would say that a few minutes and nothing changed. So I would go to prayer, say, Jesus, you said you're my healer. What do I need to do? What action, what faith action do I need to take to release healing in my body? And he'd tell me. I was with a minister the other day, and he said his wife woke him up and said, Sweetheart, the little baby girl is sick, high fever. Come and pray for it. He said, I'm sure she'll be all right. I'm trying to rest. He turned over and went back to sleep. She gouged him again in just a little bit. He said, Darling, please come and pray for the baby. And he said, well, okay. So he gets up and goes and stands by the baby's bed. And he said, Lord, what? I've already prayed. What do I need to do for this to happen? He said, the Lord said, dance. He said, here I am in my boxers and my T-shirt. And you want me to dance? He said, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. I don't really feel a dance. So he said, I started. And he said, the Lord said, I said, dance. So he said, I cut loose and he said, I watched the fevered brow begin to sweat. And the fever was gone. Why? Because first he believed that Jesus was his healer and second he complied with what the Holy Spirit said that is our privilege that is our gift well frequently I don't know how to take off and I sure don't know how to land But I hope the loop-de-loops that we do in between will help. So you say, how do, I, how do I move forward? How do I pray when I've got Sister Loud beside me? Nothing to worry about. I said nothing to worry about. I can't tell you how many times that I... Um, I come to the place of prayer 
And I generally know, specifically know what I'm, I'm supposed to pray for the president and the leaders of the world. I know that. I'm supposed to lift up the pastors, leaders of the church. I'm supposed to pray for my family. I'm supposed to pray for fellow believers. I'm supposed to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth labors. That is very clear in the Bible. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit knows the direction of what needs taken care of right now. And so I come into the place of prayer and I get real quiet. No hallelujahs. No thank you, Jesus. This morning I got up at four. And I got real quiet before the Lord because he loves to talk to his children. Oh, he loves to tell us. He loves us. He loves to affirm us. He loves to encourage us. He loves to lift us up. And he loves to give us instruction. And so I just listened and, and I listened and I waited and maybe after uh, 30 minutes I was able to ease into uh, a gentle spirit of worship and prayer. And I just began to worship Him. I just, uh, uh, does, does anybody know how to, to, uh, you know, I think that, that the way that we address the Lord, we would never be successful in our marriage at telling each other we love them. Hallelujah. I love you. What kind of malarkey is that? There needs to be melody. Can you buy this? There needs to be an awareness that he is here, that he is inside of me, and that I say my words of praise with great, Swelling tones of sensitivity. Knowing who he is. And knowing what he wants. And I gently approach him with this. And I say, hallelujah. And I just let that sail on out there. Come on, it's like putting your little boat in the water and letting the wind take it. Let it be received in the Spirit. Then say another one very gently and sensitively. And I tell you what, if you'll do that, you'll come into a place where all of a sudden there is the manifest presence of Jesus and He will really come on big time and begin to instruct and begin to edify and begin to reaffirm you in your heart where you need it the most. There are so many of us that have been bound by performance issues because we have not believed that each of us are made distinctly from each other. Nothing is the same. Even twins, there is genetic differences. They've watched mice bred in the laboratory and even the genetically modified cloned mice when they come out, they act differently. One will explore. Another one sits back and combs itself all the time. Another one is hoarding its food and its water. Even though they were cloned to be the same, 
Yet God fixed it inside their brains. And he has fixed you and your testimony. Nobody can duplicate. You have an audience of your own. You have a little church of your own. You have people that will only hear you. And I say to you now that each of us should walk out of here. And if you go to a restaurant or wherever you go, you walk out with a an assurance, not a cockiness, but a a, a spiritual pride that I am myself alone and Jesus loves me and Jesus has anointed me and Jesus has a job for me to do. Shall we stand together, please? I was uh, in a church with a well-known pastor. And I said to all the musicians, I said, you'll be free. Go down. Please don't hear that. Um, all the musicians, I want you to go down. I don't need you for the rest of the service. And I just stood and talked about the rest, the rest of God. And then I said, I'd like to pray for everyone. And the pastor told me after service, he said, I thought, buddy, you had lost your mind. And then I said, I'd like for everyone here who is beyond fatigue fatigued in your walk with the Lord you can't go on you can't pray because you're trying to pray like something that's not you line up in the center aisle and he said oh my God my whole church and I'm looking at people today in this audience that you're tired you're weary First of all, because you've been trying to be something that you're not spiritually. And you have never seen the kind of revival that will come when you let the Holy Spirit carry you where He wants to carry you. And take you where he wants you to go. I've seen churches that esteemed travail and intercessory prayer. And they would get together and it sounded, it was horrible because they were trying to, sound like John Deere tractors trying to start up or something. Uh, 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 uh. Trying to travail because they believed in the scripture that said travail. But I'm going to tell you something. That is an exercise of the Spirit. And if you want to do it, let Jesus take you there. One pastor had devoted himself to several months. He said, I could not get people to stay saved, stay coming to church. And he said, I told my wife, until something changes, we're going to take every morning and pray Wait on the Holy Spirit every morning, all morning long, and ask Him. We're joining with you. We believe that you want us to have an unprecedented manifestation of your presence in our church. I'm beyond weary and fatigued from trying to keep people in the church. I don't know how many weeks it was, but all of a sudden one morning He walked out. And emotional healings began to take place. 
people were falling under the power. And when they got up, they said, all of the abuse that I have suffered and the misuse and all of that was gone. Gone. They were healed. And so after a few weeks of that, he said, I, I as pastor, I needed to take I need to take charge of this and start preaching about winning souls. And he said, I did, nothing happened. And the Lord said this. He said, let me love on my bride as long as I want to love on her. Because what will happen is she'll fall in love with me. And she'll receive the seed of revival. And there'll be a revival that you have nothing to do with except wait on me. I believe that there are hungry people here that need a change. And if you're in that group, would you just come quickly to the front? We're going to pray together. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray with you. Come on. If, you, if you're one of those that needs that, you need that recognition that I am who God called me to be. I'm not somebody else. I don't have to be somebody else. I don't have to dress a certain way to make somebody happy. I want to be the way He wants me to be. I want to love the way he loves I can no more by myself put on the fruit of the spirit than I can fly off this platform the Holy Spirit being big in me will produce I've never heard a tree a fruit tree groaning never never heard a word never heard it muttering under its leaves I wish I could grow because if it's put in the place of nutrition it will happen is that simple or what and that is what Jesus wants us to get is just abide in me that's the presence and let my words abide in you that's the principle and when the principles and the presence are woven together you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. My Lord Jesus, as you have sent me, I take authority over these voices that attack your people. And in the name of Jesus, I tell you to cease in deceased in your operation against their mind and in their homes and on their jobs. In Jesus' name, go from them now. And Lord Jesus, let your precious spirit bathe them, hold them, keep them, affirm them with tears, with joy, with peace, with happiness, and with purpose, Lord. I thank you now that you hear us as we gather, and you hear us as we assemble, and you hear us as we pray. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Begin to thank Him and tell Him, I've got it. 
I've got it. I've heard it. I see it. It is a reality. It is real. It is real. Ah. <sighs>